Listener's note, when we originally recorded this episode, there were a handful of issues with the Gundam Seed Blu-ray release, um, which are now in the process of being remediated. They are going to release an updated um, set of Blu-rays to those who purchased the product, and it sounds like they're going to be doing right by us. Um, I just thought everybody should know that as you listen to us dragging it uh, a little bit further in the episode. And with that, enjoy the episode. Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Seed, where we talk about how you get a $200 Blu-ray set that has videos that you can get on YouTube for free or something along those lines. I don't come to you. (laughs) Uh, You can't get them on YouTube on your TV uh, through your Blu-ray player without buying them. That's true. That's true. I mean, if you want that specific combination of devices involved, then you might even need something like Crunchyroll. (laughs) Well, this week we're coming to you with Zeta 24 and 25, but uh, we're still kind of, I'm still kind of salty that they they haven't addressed the uh, giving us some subpar rips of uh, internet available content. And, and, and I've only watched two episodes of the dub. The old dub was fine. Okay. And I get why you have to do another one when it's the HD remaster version, because not everything times right. And there's completely redone scenes. Okay. I understand it. But two things, voice directors should look up how to pronounce things. We've talked about this on this program. Oh yeah. Episode, this has come up. And Seed's like, what, 2003? So it's not like ancient. Right. His name is Diarka, not Dirka. It's Maru Ramius, not Marui Ramius or whatever the fuck she introduced herself as. And second, I get you want quality voice actors and the talent pool is not super deep. But stop casting everyone in every English version of everything. It's the same people. Yeah all the time i mean they do that in japan too like for for a bit i mean the the more popular voice actors you'll see in like the more popular shows from the same studios yeah but these aren't popular people they're just people in the profession yeah yeah you know i I get audition (laughs) i feel like i feel like part of what i paid for and part of what anyone paid for that bought the set was the fact that they had to record a new dub and uh I feel a little gypped. Yeah, I, yeah. It's 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 a combination of the dub and then like what what I had alluded to was, um, so there is a uh, the, the remaster obviously, and then there is the Japanese Blu-ray version of the remaster, which is if you're familiar with the way like things air in Japan, typically an anime will air, and then six months a year later, however long they basically finish animating (laughs) the series and it looks better, slightly different. Usually you get more detail and uh, maybe a few minor extra little seconds of scenes or something every once in a while, but it looks better Uh, more. And uh, yeah, so we got the, uh, the aired version of the content and not the Japanese Blu-ray version of the content for a $200 box set of seed. It doesn't even have a Hot Springs bonus episode. It's a damn shame. You could have the whole Zala crew f- 
full frontal. Wait, I don't think that's what people <laughs> get hot springs episodes for. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I've ranted enough. Zeta, episode 24, yeah. counterattack. This was like they they forgot they only had 50 episodes and they needed to get some shit done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, this episode, so much happens. It was rapid fire, too. You'd get like 30 seconds to a scene like, oh, Camille does this. Oh, uh, Char does this. Oh, this guy does this. It was just rapid fire the whole episode. And it's it's like important stuff, too, as as opposed to the next episode. This episode, like halfway through, I was like, man, is it not done yet? Like, what's going on here? Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's start off. Um, so we start off. We are in, uh, I believe it's Dakar. Um Char and uh, Commodore Blex are, uh, w- well, we're told that they're going to Earth, to, even though Von Braun is under Titan control. Um, and they are meeting up with the uh, basically the Earth Federation Parliament uh, because there's a meeting going on. Um, while this is happening, Camille is uh, going to Von Braun City. And Katz is really pissy about this, the fact that Camille yeah. gets to go. He's going he's going in undercover. Um as a uh, he's going undercover as a student. Yeah, and, and this just like this reinforces every time Katz shows up or Kotz shows up in the show, he's just annoying. Like he ver- he does very little to be redeeming. He's he's like a worse version of Camille. He was useful in this episode at least. Kinda. Kind of. I mean, yeah, no, I think he was. I mean, so, okay, so Camille goes to Von Braun and Katz stows away and sneaks in with him, right? Yeah. Camille immediately, immediately, literally gets off, like nothing happens and he's immediately caught. Yeah. <laughs> by high guard. And then Jared walks out and was is like, oh shit, that's Camille. And then comes over and, and like covers for him. He's like, oh, hey, this is my cousin. And then um, in in the same vein of getting shit done, um, it like cuts to him just getting shit knocked out of him. Basically, they like knock his gun out of his hand. Um, just start like basically getting ready to beat on him. Um, and then Cots, like I said, is useful and he pops out and he uh, puts a gun to Jared's back. Although he also does immediately get disarmed. So yeah, there's it's a comedy of errors. So like like you were saying. Uh, Camille sent to Von Braun to do two things, really. Um, get the Do recon on the Titan mobile suit numbers um, in the city and to see how much, well, to get the feel of the population of Von Braun for the Titans because um, there's they suspect that, you know, there's a little bit of insurrection. They may be able to, like, leverage that insurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then, like, as Camille's driving off, or right before he does, Bright's like, oh, this door wasn't open before. Let me let me shut this right after, you know, Camille and Kotz have a fight. And you're like, ah, I wonder where, what's happening with this. <laughs> so what's, uh, what is Camille's alias, his fake oh, name? I forgot. Under? I wrote down. Uh, Shri I wrote down. It is Shri Klein. Shri Klein. Yeah. Wow. That's what I heard, and I wrote it down. And Not Shree, Shree, S with an S, Shree Klan. You know, I was I was thinking that this was probably like some allusion to something else random in the world, but I don't think it actually is. I think it's just no. like a shitty name. 
it's it's a random combination of sounds <laughs> but, like that's his alias you're free uh, climb <laughs> bright ate too many burgers and named camille <laughs> yeah yeah so his mouth was full of something yep exactly that's, that's exactly what happened so we have a a little bit of a cut in between here um of Blex and Shar because things do jump back and forth a lot. Yeah, there's a lot like right. Luke kind of gave the the high level mm -hmm. narrative of like what happens with with this, but like you know, the end of that is like halfway through this episode. It's again it's it's blast through here. Um so um the Federation wants to give Jamatov full control of all forces. And obviously, Blex and Shard don't want that to happen. Um, Jamatov yeah. wants all the polit politicians to live on Earth, and Shar wants them to live in space. Yeah, yeah they had a little bit of an argument about how uh, it's like uh, they wouldn't be able to handle space, but you know, they'd get space sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the important part here is that we know that Blex is planning on filing an emergency motion for that to happen anyway, yeah. even though he's pretty sure it won't work. It's one of those symbolic things. And he's like, I got to do it. I'm going to do it's, it. Well, and, and you would assume like, like it would play to the population and stuff like that too. I'm sure it's like, and one thing they don't mention here, and this is one of those things that gets kind of like bandied around a lot in a lot of cases, isn't over half of earth or half of human population in space at this point, the majority is yeah. in space. Yeah. And so that's kind of yeah. that's kind of why they mock these politicians for being on Earth and not in space at all, is because they're I not understand. they're not in sync with the human population. Yeah. Yeah. I think it I think it's a lot more than half. Yeah, I, I thought it was like I'm gonna throw a random number that I'm pulling out of out of nowhere, but I think I thought it was like ninety percent. Like a substantial, substantial percentage. Yeah, I, I feel like in original Mobile Suit Gundam, they mentioned a number like near the beginning. Um, but I and and I could be wrong. It might they might have just said like the colonies killed half of Earth's population, but yeah. they don't really. I don't. I don't know if they ever get like a good ratio of like it's it's a bunch. Okay, I mean it's the. You know, urban rural divide, but even more pronounced. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah that's that's what it is. Um so right after this happens, um Sirako is moving back to the Jupitris. Um yeah. he he leaves uh Jared and what's her name? Muar? Mawa. Mawa. I it's look spelled on... weird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Mao, Mao. Okay. So yeah, Jared and Mao get left behind and uh Jamaican thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> He's basically like, Yeah, you'll be fine, just go shopping or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah they're like, uh, can we join your mobile sort suit group? He's like, Nah, go shopping. Yeah. We've got too many people. You're it's fine, just just go. Just go. This is actually what he says. We're not joking here. This is <laughs> It's yeah. what they do. Yeah. Well, well, and then they do. Yes. Yeah. Then they do. And then later, at one point, um, they need to be found, and they're like, "We don't know where they went shopping." <laughs> Sound the alarm! They'll come. 
Cannot spoil anything, but they sound the fucking air raid horn in order to find them. <laughs> this is this is this is hundreds of years in the future, and they can't like send a text. Uh, you can only imagine what you can imagine, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, listen, this came out I think after Neuromancer, which predicted basically cell phones. So, yeah. Hey, you can have intership communications, but you can't have interperson communications. Um, no. Not with Jared. Yeah, nobody wants to talk. No, to Jared. Maybe maybe he did have a phone, but they're like, "Does anybody have his number?" They're like, "Fuck no." <laughs> um, so they go right. shopping. <laughs> go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I was just gonna do what you were doing, which was just <laughs> carrying it along. But yeah, this is when we have, as uh, Luke mentioned earlier, Jared being a bro for Camille for some reason. Yeah, so Camille gets stopped by a cop and. Um, is starting to get harassed and Jared basically is like, Oh yeah, this is my, uh, was it, was it cousin or something like that? Or yeah, it, it was very much like you're thinking for a second, you know, like, Oh, maybe Jared wants to reconcile with this kid who he's killed his parents and all this stuff. Maybe he's, he's on the path to righteousness to realize that, you know, my name's Jared and I'm a douche. Guess what? He doesn't. Nope. Oh, and he says, I, I did write this down. He says that, oh, this is my cousin. He just really likes warships. That's why he's over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like Amaro. He just likes looking at, uh, or no, no, um, what is it? The kid from, from uh, 0080. It's like, oh, yeah, he's just like, he likes military bases. He's totally needs to be here. He just really loves... Zaku's <laughs> and hamburger. Yeah, so so uh, Jared gets uh, Camille away from uh, the the police. Well, Jared distracts the police. Camille runs away, and uh, they go into like a, a park where um, Jared tackles Camille and then pulls a gun on him. Um, and Jared's like, "I'm going to kill this kid." And I was like, "Why would you want to kill him? He's just a kid." He's like, "But he's a new type." Yeah, he's a new type pilot. And she's like, oh, yeah, it'd probably be good if they didn't have a new type pilot. Yeah, it's okay. You could totally kill him now. Yeah, it's like she, does, she does a complete 180. She's like... Commence murder. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. We'll do whatever. We can... Um, and Camille, by the way, still thinks he's not a new type. He's like, I'm not one of those newfangled new types. Despite all of my clairvoyance that I've displayed <laughs> thus far... Yeah, despite the fact I'm that I'm like... like psychically communicating with people like in space i can literally sense when they're coming with 100 percent accuracy <laughs> um yeah that's normal cat pops out of a bush and just, yeah and that's the thing is like there was no bushes before <laughs> like he was in like a hangar where was cat where was they, ran, they ran into like the, some some woods and and that's where he jumps out of a bush. It's like, Camille's, how does how does Katz have like the forethought to know like, ah, oh, Camille's going to escape from this um, this you know stringy situation he's in. I'm going to you know get to this bush near to where he's running to in an emergency in like this few minute period and jump out of a bush and pull a gun on Jared. Listen, listen. We know from the next episode. That Kotz is of the age where now he's suddenly very interested in Bush. <laughs> True. 
that's true. Uh, so, so we we learn here um, too. This is this is one of those things that if you you have to take things back from like ten episodes uh, and and Zeta for it to make sense. Like, why is Kotz walking around with a gun? Well, remember, Amaro gave him a gun. So this is Amaro's gun that he um, got into a battle with with Char with, um, and the original mope suit Gunham that. Uh, he gave to Kotz on Earth because he said, you'll need this sometime. And he needed it. And then he loses it. And then he loses it. Yeah, I, I want to make a note about how Jared took the gun from him. He said, uh, it, it said something along the lines of like, oh, don't move. And then he, Jared's like, what are you going to do about it? Takes three steps forward. There's a spinning back kick to knock the gun out of his hand. Like, None of that was necessary. He was never going to get shot if he was able to walk several steps forward, spin kick, and kick that gun out of that boy's hand. Just throwing that out. That bugged the shit out. It, I think it says something for Jared when one of the few people he ever gets a victory over in this series is, is Cots. How old is Cots at this point? 15? 13? If even. Um, I think around 14, maybe. I don't. I don't remember how old he was supposed to be in the original series. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So. Seventy-one. He was born. So what is this? Eighty-three. Oh, so he's uh, like fifteen. No, oh, it's eighty-seven. Oh, yeah. Fifteen going oh, yeah, on yeah. sixteen, if not already sixteen. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah, eighty-seven. Yep. So. Um, after uh, Cox loses Amaro's gun, we go back to see Shar uh, walking through a hotel and seeing some dead bodies on the ground. And he runs up to Blex, and uh, Blex is bleeding profusely out of his temple. And he tells Shar Osnabel to become the leader of the AUG, and he passes yep. away. Yeah, so and that's, and that's not us, us referring to him as Shar. He actually, he actually calls him Shar. Yep. He says, uh, it's up to him to become the person that will change the world. And then he dies. Yeah. Poor Blex. He, he seemed like a nice dude. He's really not in the series all that much. Yeah. He no was time. there to die. He served a purpose. Yeah. I don't, I wonder if he ever got his emergency motion in. <laughs> no. Because he was going to the next day. Yeah. Um, so we get introduced to Lieutenant Azan. Um, he and his company, uh, or his strike force launch after they detect the Argama to attack it. Um, and then, uh, in the process of all of this, uh, Fa takes a Methus by using Haro to trip another pilot. And, uh, which is Rekawa. It was Rekoa. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. tell if at, at the time, like, I didn't, I missed, like, the two seconds between if it was Emma or Rekoa. Yeah, so one of the things that I'm noticing in this rewatch that I hadn't really before, um, if you've watched the show before, you know what how Rekoa's story goes. Uh, I won't go total spoiler here, just in case anyone's listening that's watching the first time. Uh, but I will just say, pay attention to Rekoa. She's in mostly small moments at this part of the show. Uh, but they are telling and informing moments for where her character arc goes. And here she's a serious mobile suit pilot aboard a ship and 
someone that is a rookie, not really qualified to get behind the wheel of a mobile suit wheel, if you will, um, is using basically a toy to trip her so that she can take the, the last suit left. So, yep. 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 Um, and, and fall sucks. Like, right. Yeah. If she goes to fight Yazan in a good plant <laughs> and you know, Yazan, like get, get used to seeing Yazan. He's he's around a while, not yeah. super forever or anything, but he's around. Yeah, so she's the worst pilot ever. Um, and around this time, Jamaican also orders all of his forces to launch as well. Uh, and this is where he's like, <laughs> "Where's where's uh, Jared and Mawa? Oh, they're out shopping. Sound the air raid to get them." So. Um, <laughs> We don't know where they went shopping. Gary! <laughs> Which ends up being kind of a good thing because Emma has the bright idea to shoot a Hyzak over the city. Which then basically drops it into the city. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they all begin fighting in the city, essentially, and, and things are just blowing up and people are dying left and right. Um, and uh, dun, 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 Camille and Cots end up in a shelter with Jared Mawa. I guess there's yep. like only one shelter in this whole. I mean, I guess they were chasing each other, kind of, but I thought they had been separated yeah, I mean, for a while too. I think they were headed in the same general direction. I can't imagine there's so many shelters that that's not terribly unlikely. Yeah. Now, and keep in mind too. Sometimes on this episode, it was a little hard to remember because of the way they make the city scenes look. You forget they're on the moon. And mm -hmm. so when you have a Hyzak crash through the top of the city, now you have air leaking problems. So they have to go into the shelter because that's going to have oxygen masks and things like that. Yep. Yep. So uh, it's kind of funny. So once, once they get into this shelter, um, Camille has a, a little fanboy come up to him. And uh, of course, Jared, like this guy's like, Oh, you're Camille Bidon. You're, you're like a famous AU pilot. Um, so like they don't show it, but I guess very similar to like, I guess the white base and the one year war and stuff like that. There's, uh, like news or something that gets out to the, the populations about these fighting forces. And I guess Camille is, is somehow, um, somewhat known and popular now. Um, so yeah, this kid comes up to him and was like, Oh, you're cool. And Jared's like, gets jealous and is like, uh, you're famous now, aren't you, little Camille? I killed your daddy. Or he doesn't say that, but um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So everybody starts just like ragging on um, Jared Mawa at this point because they're like, "Oh, you're shitty Titan officers. It's your fault we're in this situation right now." So uh, if you're wondering from Camille's mission, like what the population feels about the Titans, well, they don't like them. <laughs> I had a note so, in here uh, at this point, just like before, like right before this happens, that Cots out hostages Jared. I don't remember what I what I meant by that. Okay, so we're we're about to get there. So oh, okay. what we what we had skipped is that in the meantime, you have Rekoa does get to go out. She goes out in the Zeta, and her mission is to get into the city and get that to Camille so he can help. And then what you have is a. Uh, and this is not an important part, but uh, Opoly, who is basically covering Fa because Fa is terrible, um, has to shoot down an, another Hyzak, and it falls, and it, it crushes a McDaniels. 
No. <laughs> no, I know. So you continue in the shelter here. You, you have the stuff with Jared being a douche. And then uh, Camille senses the Zeta coming and tells Cots, hey, we're going to leave. And Jared says, no, I got a gun. And Cot says, me too. Yeah. <laughs> and this time, for some reason, Jared's like, oh, this kid will shoot me. Um, I guess he also kind of like could read the room at the point where like if he shot this kid, he was going to get like beat up or something. Yeah, probably. Um, but Kotz gets Amaro's gun back. So not all is lost. Um, and then uh, <laughs> Mawa compliments Jared for basically like not being stupid and like being a horrible person. And then two seconds later, Jared's like, I'm going to follow Camille out the door. And he beats this kid up into proof. <laughs> yeah. Well, the little kids tried to stop him. He's yeah. like, no, we don't like the Titans. You can't go anywhere. And Jared punches him and then they leave. <laughs> yeah. Right after Ma was like, Jared, you really kept her cool and composure and you're, you're becoming a model soldier. All right. Let me beat up a kid. <sighs> so, uh, so Camille and Kotz are, are heading towards the Zeta. And, um, you know, uh, Reko is like, hey, where, where's Kotz? Is he okay? And he goes, yeah, Kotz is okay. And, <laughs> and they cut and load up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of dark comedic timing here, right? It was great. And, and, and another thing here, you have Camille's getting in the mobile suit, and she's like, Reko, you look after Kotz. Is he okay? He's okay, right? And then he just goes flying. Uh, Camille uh, gives zero fucks about Cots. <laughs> yeah, he does. Because he gets right up into the battle, shoots down three Hyzaks, and uh, starts going after the guy plant that is attacking the Methus. Uh, and Yazan had... I think I said Yazan, anyway. Yazan is noticing because he had been following Reko in like, Oh wow. Suddenly that's being flown a lot better. I was like, God, this pilot just got really good all of a sudden. Yeah. But you know, they're kind of giving you a comparison and abilities. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jared begs Jamaican for a mobile suit and, uh, Jamaican's like, nah, you don't need one. You suck. Um, and then, uh, Camille chases Yazan away and saves Fa's life. Um, Cause yeah, she's a shitty. Well, guy. now the, the, the reason that he, the other reason that Jamaican doesn't want Jared to go out is because they're withdrawing. Yeah. You took the power plant back. Yeah. Von Braun. And, and he says, oh, we're going to just withdraw. And then Yazan sees the signal flare. He's like, what the hell Jamaican? But he follows orders anyway. So. Yep. So um, right after all of this happens, the Earth Federation forces or the, the Earth Federation Parliament votes to give control uh, of the force, all of the forces to the Titans. Um, and Char's there to witness that. And he's like, not happy, of course. Yeah. And then, so here's where you have, I, I feel like, um, I, so I've been going through the robotics notes, visual novel, um, if anyone is familiar with that. If you're not, look it up. Robotics, semicolon, notes. Anyway. And sometimes the main character, or one of the main characters, will cut in and put on a pair of red glasses and quote Char. 
happens a lot. So I, I feel like that right now because there's a good Char quote right here. Maybe I need a pair of red sunglasses. Anyhow, um, Char says that decisions made by those whose souls were sold for immediate reward are known to be easily changed. I was like, oh, woo, deep kind it's of. Deep. Man. Deep. Um, yeah, and, and so back in the Argama, we see uh, Fa or Emma feeling bad that she killed a bunch of civilians. And as she's like complaining and whining, Camille's like, I wonder how Blacks and Shar are. <laughs> like, he's like, I can't be bothered with this woman. I don't care. So I want to say this is probably one of the best episodes we've watched so far and probably one of the best episodes of the series. Um, as far as like content and like narrative and everything like that goes, if every episode was like this, it would be hard to watch the show just because it would be so much going on. But this was like, this is a good, well-written show episode as opposed to the next episode. Yeah. Th this episode <laughs> though is a, it's a major turning point in the series. You're, I think at this point, oh, I never remember. Okay, you're almost halfway. There's 50 episodes. Yeah, next episode. Next right. episode is the halfway point. Yeah, yeah, but you've this whole time had the Ayug against the Titans. The Titans being this affiliated, but ultimately still offshoot of the Earth Federation. Well, now it's the Ayug against essentially the Earth Federation. Yep. Right, because the Titans are the ones now controlling that military and. Uh, so that's a that's a major big deal. Uh, it's one of those things that it it sort of gets pieces off the chessboard. It's more like checkers, and someone got kinged. Yeah, yeah. It, but yeah, so it's so, it's a big move. So I feel like with this episode twenty four, uh, Tamino spent a lot of time writing this episode, and going into episode twenty five, he hadn't really seen any women in a long time. And I feel like he needed to get laid around the time he wrote this episode. And he also realized he was writing a Gundam show. So he needed to throw some extra tropes in. So that's my intro for episode 25, Colony Drop. I wonder. I uh, made a note for episode 25 that this episode feels like a slice of life, like episode in an anime where they like break from the story and just could day in the life of all the people separately. That's what it felt like the whole time. It, it seems like, I, I don't know. Um, let, let's, let's summarize it towards the end after this, but all right, calling to drop. I wonder what's going to happen. You would think this is a major thing. It's, Episode begins with Hyzak coming towards the Argama with a white flag. Uh, inside the uh, Hyzak is Sarah Zabirov. Um, so you'll recognize her. She was the one that's been in uh, Sirocco's uh, orbit a lot. The the female officer that's been kind of falling around. She's, she's the pink hair one. Yeah, yeah. the pink hair one. Um, and she tells... Uh, the the Argama people that the Titans are going to drop a colony on the moon um, and uh, Wong doesn't believe her when they're like discussing all of this. Um, although at the this time they kind of say like, well, we do detect a side four colony being 
um, directed at the uh, moon and they think it's Granada. Um, Wong says, this is gotta be a diversion for something else though. There's no way that like, this is like their main plan because dropping a colony is definitely not a major thing that would happen in the course of a single episode. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. He knows what's up. And this is a bit retconny, right? But we saw what happened in 0083 where, when it looked like this was going to happen somewhere on the moon, suddenly it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. When they spun it around the moon and threw it back at the earth. Right. So part of me thinks that when you frame it from that perspective, you can allow yourself to think that he kind of figured somebody at Anaheim probably had this under control or was doing something. Obviously at the time, this is just an excuse to have a threat for this one episode. Yeah. Uh, but I think 0083 was smart being a prequel, a direct prequel to this show, despite being four years earlier in the calendar timeline um, to have that part of its story is a, you know, something that's a, it's like an illusion and an homage to the story that comes later. Uh, but at the same time, I think helps inform uh, Wong's attitude here a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely could. Um, so Colony is going to be dropped. Cuts is horny for Sarah. Um, and then Camille yells at Cots and says like, you know, you can't trust her. She's, she's a, you know, enemy pilot. And then like, he goes into her room all alone with her and starts grilling her. Um, she admits that she knows Sirocco and that he told her about the colony drop. Um, and she basically says like she and Sirocco don't like Jamaican's meth methods and they don't want all of those innocent lives lost. And um, somehow Camille like pulls out of her that she's a cyber new type. Um, he's just like, you're a cyber new type, aren't you? As opposed to like a regular new type. And she's like, uh, she doesn't really answer it, but like, she did. I don't even think she responds. She just kind of looks. Yeah, but he's like, ah, those cyber new types are crazy. I've banged one before, so peace. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's he's directly like giving an allusion to like his inner inner actions with four, I think. Um, and then we get some more weird male female interactions with um Captain Beckner wanting to bang Emma. Um, so there's a lot of like, uh, weird scenes between them where he's talking about her wanting to bear children and get married. And even like at the end of the episode of the scene, she's like, well, that was creepy or that was awkward. Um, and then let's yeah. bounce into the next section where, uh, fog gives Camille the third degree over going into Sarah's room all alone. Oh, oh, we did skip one important thing, kind of important, you know, for this episode. <laughs> we have we have Jamaican mentioning why they are trying to drop a colony on the moon, because they are about to return to grips and they have just lost this city that they so triumphantly took over, and um he wants to get them like back in the, the good graces of the Titans. And this will also allow them to pin the blame more on Chiraco for coming and going mm. as he pleases. Yeah. That's the whole reason I would drop a colony on a city. Yeah. 
Yeah. The Titans <laughs> are totally stable, nice guys. Yeah. So yeah, Fa yells at Camille uh, for going into Sarah's room alone. And then uh, and then we get another scene where Bright is in a room alone with Rekua. And oh, man, it, it just feels like every female that's been in this show at this point, except for, I guess, Beltorchica and, and, and Amaro, who are just like, you know, off to the side right now, banging most likely. Um, again, this is why I say like Tamino wrote the last episode and got really horny because he just like put all his energy into it. And now it's like, he's like writing this episode and he's like, oh man, I need to get laid. So all of the, my characters need this to get episode, laid too. This episode needs more ships. <laughs> I'm glad we have the radish and the argama. Yeah. Um, so Jamaican detects the argama and um, he offers his troops a one week paid vacation if they win the battle <laughs> against the argama. <laughs> Um, you want a week's vacation? Go kill some people and help us murder the population of a city. Yeah. Can't vacation there, but anywhere else will be fine. <laughs> no. Could vacation there afterwards just wouldn't be very fun. <laughs> hey, we, we've seen battle like you know uh, earlier, and where where like Cacrocon uh, jumped uh, Camille. There was like just ruins of a city on the outskirts. So, I mean, you could, you could, you know, go on a, a, a date through the ruins of one year war. Crap. How romantic. <laughs> you might find a Haro. Let me give advice. Let me give dating advice to all Gundam fans listening out there. Do not take a date on something Gundam related. This is probably a bad idea unless they are specifically also into it. No, don't do that. <laughs> um, yep. So Kotz shows up and gives Sarah a suit um, because, of course, this is a good idea. Kotz is totally competent. Um, and Sarah's like, oh, Kotz, you're a pilot, too, aren't you? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I've got some training. She's like, well, I've got a Hyzak if you would like to launch. And he's like, well, you know, I've got some training in uh, some some old Xeon style mobile suits. I don't think it's close, but she's like, Oh, I'll teach you. I'll teach you how to pilot. And Kotz is just, he's overwhelmed. He's overwhelmed. It, it's, it, it's just showing his immaturity. Like, yeah. It, you know, I watched this in my thirties. I watched this in my twenties and I was like, that's so transparent. It's so obvious, but <laughs> Then I think, you know, if I was 15 or 16 and thinking with nothing but my lower head, hmm, would I have gone and done something like this? Yeah, probably. So you, you got to ask for the goods up front. Well, <laughs> he'll learn. <laughs> um, yep. So, uh, yeah. And she keeps giving like these these ominous looks throughout every. She's like you want to pilot my Isaac? And then you get like a picture of her, like with a creepy grin. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, it's not going to end well. Um, so everybody in the AU thinks that Granada is the target of, um, of this colony drop. Um, and we learned that Melanie Hugh Carbine and Wong do not want Granada to evacuate because the mayor shows up and is like, Hey, uh, it's about time to move our people out of the city now because 
holy shit, like there's a colony that's going to fall on us. And, you know, that's not usually a good thing. And Wong's like, no, if you evacuate, uh, you don't want to evacuate. Granada will be fine. We've got the Argama and the Radish. Um, and, you know, if they don't, if they don't succeed, we're all doomed anyway. Um, basically, it's, it's a play to say, like, if Ayug isn't able to, to save Granada at this point, then they don't have enough military power and skills to uh, win this battle against the Titans and the Federation and, and for space noids and all of that stuff. It's basically like, this is our do or die moment. Um, you might as well be dead if, if we can't, if we can't save you. Well, and it's also showing you who has the AUG's balls locked up in a box in a drawer and that's Anaheim. Yep. Because you've got Melanie who carbine like they're on, he's clearly somewhere else because he, when the mayor of Granada comes in the room, Wong's like hanging up the teleconference phone with him and he's, yeah, obviously going to be not there. And so now Wong's like just been told basically stay where you are and hope it doesn't hit you. Like, well, we know where the, the hierarchy is falling a little bit here. Yep. Yep. So, um, Yazan finally engages with Ayug forces, um, right after they start firing onto the colony to like redirect it. Um, so, I mean, this kind of like harkens back to, if you think about 0083, they were trying to use like, like a pulse rifle to like push the, uh, the, the colony a little bit. Um, so I like, again, if you want to retcon stuff, this is kind of like harkening back to that, like the idea, because they've made some comments and, uh, especially with like the Zeta, I think, um, and some of the other suits I had, I can't remember off the top of my head. It might've been the Methus, um, but it basically had the, uh, equivalent of a ship's pulse cannon as an armament. But I can't remember which suit it was that they talked about. I mean, about. all they're trying to do is activate the nuclear pulse engine on the colony. Well, they were firing on it at first, thinking that it would move it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's what they ultimately end up doing, though, is yeah. Emma goes to activate that yes. so that they can knock it yes. off, of course. Yeah, so um, Yazan engages with them after they start firing on it. Um, and they're unable to move it initially. Um, Sarah tells um, Kotz as she's uh, flirting with him that the, um, was it the Methus has, uh, is it the Methus that he's, she, not, not, not the Methus, the plant has a weakness um, from, and she says, if you attack it from below, it's cameras aren't 360 there. So if you, if you get under it, you can blow it up. Um, and as she's doing that, she kind of just pushes him away and gets into her Isaac and goes, runs away. Um, Kotz cries and he says, she lied to me. Um, Fa is able to relay the weakness to Camille and he, who is in, who's currently engaged with the Gaplant and he gets under Yazan and, uh, damages him, but doesn't blow him up. Um, at the same time, Emma manages to go up and, uh, blows up or activates that thruster uh, and it diverts the colony uh, and it misses Granada. Um, but they're able to see it kind of like land and blow up in, in the distance. Yep. 
it misses by 180 kilometers is what they say and i like that as it's falling you've got wong and the mayor of granada they're kind of nervously holding their whiskey glasses and then yeah. dropping but they had busted out though we're gonna die whiskey yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and the episode ends with uh cots being put into the brig for fucking up Bad. just generally being a fucking yeah. This episode kind of sucks. <laughs> it's not bad, but it's not yeah. good. Like it, there's too much going on in not a good way. Yeah, it's, and especially after like I watched the lot the last episode and this one back to back. And the yeah. last episode was really good, and this one was just like a real big disappointment. If I had maybe if I had more of a gap, I would have been more forgiving of it. But I just I wasn't as into this one. And how do you have a colony drop as like? a minor part of the episode when it should be like an entire arc. B plot. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, before, you know, we, we've joked about this before. It's just like colony drops are just becoming like building a battleship almost. <laughs> yeah. The, the uh, this oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say it's, it, we're getting to the point where colony drops are just kind of like a casual thing now. Like, They've done so many. How many colonies are left? I mean, <laughs> a lot, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, that's what, that's what is kind of crazy here. Is for all of the colony destruction you see and all the one-year war stuff and the colony drops. There's still a, a lot of colonies. They, when you're up close to them, you're not going to see those big bunches of tons and tons of them. But there are there are a yeah, lot. You- yeah. You get views of them every once in a while where there's mm-hmm. just like a wall of colonies and some mm-hmm. of these sides. Yeah. Um, the thing with this episode, like, you know, you come off of episode 24 and it's like when you're watching a modern day show and you hit the end of a long arc Yeah, and everything kind of comes to a sort of conclusion and you just know the next week is going to be like, eh. and or sometimes it's good and it's starting up a whole other thing. You get like one or the other. And this is one of those that's uh, okay. All right. Yeah. They don't do anything here other than just like make lots of sexual tension and have a random colony drop, <laughs> like a non-consequential colony drop. Now it, it, maybe the colony drop was a euphemism. They, they did. Yeah. <laughs> they, they did mention that the colony was empty when they dropped it. This is already emptied out. Yeah. They hit Emma hit the nuclear pulse thruster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this is yeah, we're we're this is the halfway point. This this episode is the halfway point of Zeta. I don't know if we're probably more than halfway done with, with the series as far as our episodes go, or right around the same, but probably right around the same. And hey, we have after a couple of crappy episode titles and counterattack and colony drop, the next episode has a good title, which is not in this episode of our show, but it is the ghost of Zeon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have the D- I only have the first set of DVDs with me right now. I don't have the second. Yeah. I got the second set out, but I haven't turned it on yet. I, I plugged up. I, I put it in the, the player, but I haven't watched any of it yet. You've gotten farther than I have. Actually, no, I took it out and I played some Madden. <laughs> <laughs> all i know is that the second blu-ray set has Chiraco on the front and it does look at his stupid hairband every some, time some of the drawings of the people on these 
Blu-ray sets looks really weird. Those are the same drawings that were on the uh, 2005 DVD release. Uh, so it's it's not like they got new artwork. They just reused. Is it like new translation drawings? No. No? It no, looks like just, a similar style almost. It's just drawings. Yeah, they're bad. They're bad. <laughs> All right. You guys got anything else? Nada. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, check us out on Twitter at New Type Flash Pod or on our post on the Mobile Suit Gundam subreddit. Um, until next time, we'll check you later. Yeah.